Hey everyone, and welcome to MuseCast, the podcast for musers. I'm your host, Anais Lucia, and today's episode is going to be about black holes and revelations. And I have a special guest who considers black holes and revelations his favorite Muse album. So let's bring him on and talk about it. All right, Aaron, hello, and welcome to the MuseCast podcast. Thank you. Thank you for having me. For all of you listening, I have another podcast and he was on that one too so he's gonna end up being on all of them because i have another a third one too so before we get started and talking about um black holes and revelations which you said was your favorite muse album we want you know the listeners to get to know you a little bit better so i have my what i call muse five <laughs> which are just five rapid fire questions ready let's go number one what was the first muse song you ever heard Nights of Cydonia. When was the first time you saw Muse live, if you have? 2010, Lollapalooza. I think I was there. I think I, I, think I was there. Yeah, I saw it because I remember I saw them at Lollapalooza. So. They played Day 2, it was Eminem, and then Muse and Coldplay played at the same time, and then Foo Fighters were Day 3 for headliners. Muse was so sick. Yeah. One of the I, best yeah. Yep. Was that... Was that when Arctic Monkeys were there and they played in the rain? They were, yes. Arctic yeah, Monkeys. Yeah, okay. So, uh, yeah, it was there. <laughs> That's so funny. Yeah. The, yeah. Funny. Grant Park got destroyed because of the rain between days two and three. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, yeah. Oh, interesting. Okay. So, have you seen cool. any, if, if you've seen any of their music videos, what was your favorite one? Gosh, that's a hard one. I like Knights of Sidonia because it feels like a Quentin Tarantino film, but yeah, I also I like Hysteria. It's kind of got this weird, weird vibe to oh, it. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, but between those two. Okay, all right. If you could only listen to one Muse song for the rest of your life, which would it be? <laughs> um, Butterflies and Hurricanes. Oh wow! Okay, that's a good I one. I love that song. <laughs> I it's like it's a showcase for Matt Bellamy's piano skills, and the piano yeah. on it is amazing. Mm-hmm. You know? mm-hmm. There's no, no words, so maybe I should have picked one with words. But uh, yeah, I love I love butterflies and hurricanes. Yes. All right. So last one. Okay, out of the three members, three band members, Dominic, Chris, and Matt, who would you sleep with, marry, or kill? <laughs> and <laughs> wait, I'm just wait. I'm just. I just want to say, I'm just kidding. This is my joke question because I could never kill any of them, and I would never. I don't think any Muse fan would ever want to kill any of them. So this is just my question because I want to see how people react. <laughs> so you don't have to answer it. So. <laughs> There we go. You're done with the Muse 5. Congratulations. You did a good job. Hey, <laughs> I survived question 5. Yeah, I just had to see how what people how people would react. Because I thought about it and I was like, I wouldn't want to kill any of them. No. So, yeah. I personally don't want to sleep with any of them. But I was, I was strategizing if I had to. And what the payoff would be. Well, now you don't have to. So Thank you. Uh, <laughs> So before we get started, so the listeners can get to know you a little bit better. So you're a musician, amongst many other talents that you have. So, you know, what instruments do you play? How long have you been playing? You're in a band as well. So if you could talk a little bit about that. 
Yeah, I started with piano when I was six. It took 10 years of lessons for that. In the middle of that, started learning how to play guitar. And then in eighth grade, started learning electric bass. In the middle of that, quarter and clarinet and tenor sax and alto sax. And nice. then in, ja in uh, high school, I, I learned upright bass. Uh, I started playing guitar again and... Uh, yeah, I've played drums before. I mean, I kind of do it all. Uh, I'm not. Mm -hmm. I would never consider myself a drummer, but uh, but everything else, yeah, I can do. So um, that's my instrumental uh, history. I mainly play bass and then sing as my secondary. Uh, I'm in a band called Fathom, uh, mm -hmm. the official Fathom on Instagram, and uh, yeah, it's so it's it's. it's, it's it's on hiatus almost. I mean, we rehearsed, but like we haven't played a show since January. Because of COVID, right? Right. Okay. Not because you guys just decided to like break up or anything. No, we're still okay. there. We just want to let the, music the viewers scene isn't there. No. <laughs> yeah. Um, what, so is bass like your favorite instrument to play or if you have a favorite? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I mean, bass is my main. All right. Uh, I, I love, I love bass. All right. Podcast. Please. Sorry. Oh, sorry. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm not the only person at this house, clearly. It's like the music coming is it's the party that's going on at this house. Oh, okay. Um, All right. <laughs> so, yeah, bass is my main. I love bass. Um, I miss the upright bass. It's got this, like, warm sound that you just can't replicate on any instrument. But mm -hmm. a shitty one is, like, $2,000 and... Uh, Eventually, I'll own one, but not right now. That is a cool instrument, though. So yeah, yeah, uh, I feel you. <laughs> so we're going to talk about uh, Black Holes and Revelations, um, Aaron's favorite Muse album. It was uh, Muse's fourth studio album, released three years after my favorite Muse album, Absolution. Um, mostly written and composed by Matt Bellamy, produced by Rich Costi, who also produced uh, Absolution, Simulation Theory, and Mixed Absolution, Black Holes and Revelations, Second Law, Drones, and Simulation Theory. So he's worked with them quite a bit. And it was released on Warner Brothers and A&E Records, Helium 3. The artwork was by Storm Thorgerson, who did a lot of work. Um, he did covers for Pink Floyd, uh, Dark Side of the Moon, Dream Theater, Mars Volta. He also did the cover of Absolution. Luckily, I don't know how this ended up happening, but I was in San Francisco for Outside Lands. And the, that week that I was there, there was an actual an exhibit of Storm Thorgers Thorgerson's work. And I went in there because I was like, I knew he was the artist. I was like, oh my God, he did uh, Muse covers, Muse album covers. And he actually had, um, for Muse fans who know the Absolution cover, there's like, so, uh, like kind of like flying men in the cover. And they actually use like um, these like kind of plastic things and to get the shadows. And so they were actually selling them like at the gallery for like 800 bucks and I really wanted to buy one because I was like oh they use them for the Muse album but I didn't have that much money at the time so I was like oh I was so heartbroken but I was lucky that I got to go see that because then he passed away in 
2013. Matt described the album as that some new songs deal with AWOL soldier Zeta Reticulans, the sound of Joe Meek's tape machine being thrown down the stairs, the private thoughts of General Zhu Chenggu <laughs> feeling strangely comfortable collecting firewood whilst wielding an axe and of course how to store pasta for 12 years using nitrogen flushing. So yeah, that's how he described the album, apparently. They uh, dedicated the album to the memory of Helen Kirk, which is Tom Kirk's sister. She passed away. Some of the accolades that this album got. Planet Sound, named Black Holes and Revelations, their album of the year. It was third on Enemies Albums of the Year. It was Q Magazine's second best album of the year. Placed number 34 in a public vote conducted by Q for the best British album of all time. Mm, all right. Received a Mercury Prize nomination. It was featured in the updated 2007 version of the book, 1001 Albums You Must Hear Before You Die. I hope Absolution is on there too. Just saying. Uh, <laughs> named as one of Classic Rock's 10 Essential Progressive Rock Albums of the Decade. Ranked at 14th in, in the Radio X UK Magazine Best Albums of 2006. Uh, what critics said at the time. Okay, so on Metacritic, it has a score of... 75 out of 100 based on 32 reviews. Uh, several critics called the album overblown. <laughs> um, Rolling Stones' Christian Horde um, described Knights of Sidonia and City of Delusion as ridiculous, but concluded that it was surprising that the album worked. Uh, the AV Club's Noel Murray uh, gave the band credit for reworking themselves, but called the album a nightmare and gave it a D+. Um, so critics don't know what they're talking about <laughs> that's why i don't read reviews i just make up my own mind but i think it has stood the test of time i mean it's okay released in 2006 what is it 14 years later we're talking about it okay so now we're gonna talk about the first track take a bow which is a pretty good um you know open opening track and good title as well <laughs> um it was yeah, actually how how um <laughs> ostentatious to name the opening track take a bow mm -hmm. well it was originally going to be at the end of the album yep that would make then, more sense <laughs> but they put it um they moved it uh to the first track because it ends in the key of b which is the key of the second track of starlight so that's why. So it's pretty interesting. And Matt said that Take a Bow is about the feeling of the little man who lost control of anything and now wants to take revenge on authority. You can hear the people who are at the bottom of the pyramid who haven't gotten any power and they have this feeling of powerlessness. A feel feeling I have quite often about some of these events, the sense of what can I do about this? It seems like no one is listening. A million people protest and nothing really happens. So yeah, I definitely get a lot of like i think throughout the album it's just like a lot of like talking about uh, standing up to authority and things like that just authority government in general and stuff i love take a bow this album like is so good at storytelling and take a bow is such a good instrumental introduction it just builds mm. and then it like and then like it's not until two minutes and 36 seconds into the song and into the album that you hear their full sound like that bellamy comes with in with an electric guitar 
everything else is just synth and bass and drums into into that point. And what a tease and what a cool intro. I can't imagine them using that as an outro. That's just it, no, it fits better as an intro. But the, yeah. the title "Take a Bow," like no, you don't take. Who takes a bow at the start? That's so <laughs> not humble. <laughs> and I think it's a good like. I love the ending because it's like a big welcome. Like welcome to our show. It's like crazy. So yeah, I I feel like that's what that's. I think that's what, that. Well, that's just something I love about music in general. It's just like they always have this like slow build. <laughs> A song will start kind of like really like okay you know kind of slow maybe just like a little piano or or something and then at the end it's like what the <laughs> it's like whoa well yeah <laughs> so. i mean that's one way to en- enter a song and enter an album is with a slow build i've heard other albums that just go like we're at 220 beats per minute within <laughs> one second of the album and that's just like that's the opposite end of the spectrum as opposed to doing a slow build. But I really like that they did the slow build in the way they did it in this album, like one instrument at a time, mm-hmm. synth and then bass and then drums and then guitar and then vocals. Yeah. Now we're going to talk about Starlight. So pretty. Um, it was the second single off the album. It reached number 13 on the UK singles chart. According to Chris Wilson Holmes, Star- Starlight is a kind of love song about missing someone. And Matt said Starlight is more uh, it's a more personal song about what it's like to be on the road for a long period of time. Uh, you feel like you're losing touch with who you are and that kind of vibe and that it's a pretty simple love song, really. I mean, I think we can all get that. Um, <laughs> so um, I always recommend this one to people with in terms of like like kids that they're like, oh, I want to play uh, drums, muse drum. I'm like, oh, tr- start with Starlight. That one's like not too, not too complicated. So what do you think about Starlight? I like it. I think the vocals take the whole song um yeah very nice lyrics uh, you can i mean yeah it's a love song like mm-hmm. you can you can easily rep, uh take out the word starlight and put in someone's name you know yeah all right uh now we're gonna go with one of probably their most popular song i think um just like People who aren't big Muse fans, they usually recognize this one, which is Super Massive Black Hole. And it was the first single off this album, uh, released on June 12th, uh, 2006. It reached number 18 on the UK Singles Chart, and it was nominated for the Kerrang! Award for Best Single. In October 2011, Enemy placed it at 74 on its list of 150 best track of tracks of the past 15 years i hope time time is running out was on there i'm just saying um <laughs> it was uh, added to guitar hero 3 as part of a track pack that included exopolitics and stockholm syndrome and it was on the soundtrack for twilight and that's how a lot of people found out about it so yeah okay i have to say this in case some people don't know but the reason it was included in that movie is because (laughs) muse is pretty much responsible for the whole twilight series in a way because the author was inspired by their music to write the story 
So and if she she thanks them at the end of every book. And I looked it up because I, I heard this and I went to look through all the books at the end. And I was like, yep, she, she's always thanking Muse at the end. So if you're not a fan of Twilight series, we have kind of Muse to blame. But I mean, it's, they inspired it. But yeah, so that was kind of interesting because I'm not a fan of Twilight and I love Muse. And I was like, what? <laughs> Okay. Alrighty. Anyway, so what do you think of this funkin', dancey, groovy song? I mean, what a great track. Black Holes and Revelations. I mean, sorry, mm-hmm. Supermassive Black Hole. Um, yeah. Well, I, I don't know. I don't know what more to say about it. It's, Does it's it make cool you want to dance? Or no? Um, not really. I Muse isn't really like a dancey band for me, except not, for Night of Cydonia. Not this uh, song either. This one, a lot of people kind of consider it more like a dancey song. And even Matt, he said that this song makes him want to dance. <laughs> no. Oh, not here. Muse is oh, really okay. more of a chill band for me. I mean, there, there are some less chill songs like hysteria that's just just a headbanger mm-hmm. but like yeah for the most part like now it's the the intricacy of the music and and there's the synthetic sound is like more chill for me okay all right i think this song is very um no it's fine i'm not mad or anything it's just like you know i i kind of get this I, it's because for me it kind of has like um I kind of have like, kind of, I don't know, has like a sexy vibe. And even like Matt said, it's about yeah. like women, you know, women like sucking you in and everything. Um, you know, so that's kind of what he was talking about. He said it makes him dance. So that's why I thought it was interesting that it, you don't feel that. But it's okay. It's okay. Not everyone has to feel the same same way. So now map of the pl- problematic or prob- problematic. I don't know how you want to pronounce it. It was the fifth single off the album. It reached uh, number 18 and it bears similarity with Enjoy the Silence by Depeche Mode. You kind of, you know, hear similarities. It's a rare track in musical terms as it does not use the dominant chord ever in the riff. C minor, E flat major, A flat major f minor part of the intro riff sounds similar to dead disco by metric it was used in the trailers for children of men and the tourist using the commercial for pep prison pepsi break prison break i don't know what's gonna say pepsi and also occasionally played at madison square garden before player introductions at the new york knicks home games but i thought that was pretty interesting that's cool um yeah so what do you think about this one i really like the drums in this one that's all. That's my probably my favorite part. Yeah, this is a cool build as well. Like I said, the main reason I love this album is because it tell it's very, very storytelling. It narrates and it also kind of makes you feel how it wants you to feel at all mm, time. Yeah. Like so, this is another build, and then in two two or three songs, we'll have a a tremendous drop off in terms of energy level so yeah i like this yeah. i like this song as a build in the, in it's track four right no track, track this one, yeah this one's four yeah track four yeah. right and that's why yeah that's why i one of the reasons i really love yeah butterflies and hurricanes i've been obsessed with like i've been i mean i've 
I go through periods where I'm, I get obsessed with one song and I listen to it over and over and Butterflies and Hurricanes was definitely one of those songs where <laughs> I remember like having it in my car and like just one track on repeat that's it I never and I never get tired of them like I I've, I don't know I just don't I can listen to the same song over and over and I just don't get tired um oh my gosh one of my favorite ones number five soldier's poem oh, it's a kind of more mellow song with more of a military rhythmic beat and you can kind of you know it definitely makes you feel kind of like what you said like what the song is kind of supposed to be about you know that it's a soldier is like from the point of view of a soldier well according to matthew bellamy a soldier who a soldier kind of gives of gives up hope and that he said he felt sympathy with all the soldiers fighting in the war but who are never talked about in the media because war is such an anonymous monstrosity people often forget that soldiers risk their lives and amidst all the political debates their lives come least oh that's why i love matt okay i thought that's so sweet and i mean you can definitely feel it I mean, I, I, when I heard it, I thought he was talking about, like, this letter was for George Bush. That's, you know, I think it, that's who it's for, but Matt would never actually say who it is yeah, for. So, like, um, the, uh, the idea of using, like, a militaristic beat goes back to, like, Mozart and, like, and before, like, you know, 18th century uh, mm-hmm. to, to kind of like drive a song forward. The Muse did a, like a great job um, using that, but making it their style because there are a million ways to copy, right? But they like to make it original sounding is super cool. And like they did that in the song. And yeah, it's another, I mean, it's a, it's a mellower song in the middle of this crazy like ride that takes you on. It's nice. Yeah, it's a nice kind of little like break. Um, like, okay, let's mill out for a little bit. And also, like, it's one of those where, because I'm, I'm the kind of person when I listen to music, I pay attention more to just like the melody and the just the actual music, how it makes me feel than the lyrics. Some people pay more attention to lyrics. For me, lyrics are kind of like secondary. I won't really pay attention to them. Like, I'll, I'll memorize them, but I won't really put together what they're actually saying <laughs> i have to actually like make myself do that like i've been singing along to songs where i didn't really know what the meaning was and then you know i would look at it one day and be like wow this song like this person is a horrible person <laughs> and i've been singing along to it because sometimes the music doesn't sound horrible the music sounds nice like like okay so for this song if you actually look at the lyrics it's you know it's kind of like telling off the president in a way like oh you don't care about us and things like that um you know probably in a more classier way than i would if i would have if i was telling off some somebody but the song itself sounds very kind of nice like the way he sings it and it sounds very pleasant and like if i have to go tell off someone who's like doesn't care about my life like this would be a nice way to do it (laughs) it doesn't sound angry like even though the letter might sound kind of like sad or disappointed or angry you don't feel right. that with the music i don't know if that makes sense I, i'm yeah. not very good at explaining myself but like if i just don't really pay attention to the lyrics it's more like oh it's just this really pretty song blah 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 and then like you actually read the lyrics and they're like oh wow okay um so muse i feel like they tend to do that a lot and like you were talking about how they make you feel kind of like what 
they want you to because i was talking to my other friend about origin of symmetry that was his favorite album and their song bliss i don't know if you know bliss do you know that song not off the top of my head oh my gosh okay so bliss makes you feel happy <laughs> like because um and because that was my favorite song from the album and he was like why and i was like because it makes me feel like the title bliss like when i listen to it, it makes me happy um so i find that muse is like really good at that for some reason all right so another oh, amazing song because this one means a lot to me um is number six invincible it was the fourth single off the album the music video if you haven't seen it so cute um it's kind of like a messed up version of it's a small world ride from disneyland if you haven't seen it check it out um it reached number 21 on the uk singles chart and it also has another it's also another song with the military marching beat influenced by david bowie's heroes um and matt believes that this song invincible is the heart of the album and that he said um that it's a song that you can apply to a few different things. Really, I'm just thinking about change and how if you want it, it has to be done together. I feel that change needs to take place. The song was originally about politics, but Matt felt that the lyrics didn't fit the music, so he changed the lyrics to talk about love. When I wrote Invincible, the lyrics moved around on that song quite a bit. Uh, originally, it wasn't a love song at all. There were lines in it that were more politically orient oriented then it was like a socialist call like come on let's get together let's go and burn down the houses of parliament it was a little bit like something from v for vendetta <laughs> then for some reason i switched it over completely to being a love song i wasn't comfortable with that either so it ended up being somewhere between the two I, that's why they probably have like the military drum beat because apparently uh this song and soldier's poem were originally supposed to be like one continuous song so then they ended up splitting them so makes sense so what do you think about invincible so this is like where the album is it's quietest and that's a that's a very powerful moment in the, in this context of storytelling because they have a louder sound um in the front half of their album and then by invincible it's way down there uh it is a great love song all right and this one i can't even it's really hard for me to listen to it sometimes because it makes me want to cry just because the lyrics really touch me it's a very yeah it has helped me a lot if i ever meet muse which i hope i do i want to because i want to thank him for writing that song and i'm getting like <laughs> just thinking about it okay let's not cry look right <sighs> okay <laughs> Number seven, uh, oh my gosh, woo, crazy one, Assassin. Crazy drugs, crazy guitar, just crazy. Yeah, it oh gets my gosh. crazy, it gets <laughs> crazy. And that's, it's like a, a snap back out of the mellowness in the middle of the album. Mm-hmm. And then the, re the whole end of the album, starting with Assassin, is pretty high energy. And this is definitely um, another song that makes you feel like the title. <laughs> Like, you definitely get the sense that you're gonna go murder someone or somebody, whatever, because it's just so, you just, it's just chaos, basically. That's what the, what it feels like. And I love it. It's one of my favorite songs, like, one of my favorite Muse songs ever. Matt Bellamy said, This is a kind of take a gun out and kill somebody style song. So there you go. 
Early reviews prior to the album's release described the introduction with reference to the Knight Rider theme music. Okay. And it was also featured in Guitar Hero World Tour, which I have and I enjoyed playing. Um, and I remember playing that, <laughs> like I would play on drums <laughs> and I would not blink the entire song. Cause I'm just like, if I miss it, I was playing on expert. So I was like, if I blink, I'm going to miss a note. And then at the end, I was like, crying because i like didn't blink the entire time but i'm like i completed it that's all that matters it's amazing anything else you have to say about this crazy crazy song it's a cool it's energetic energetically really cool and like as a transition moment in the album really cool uh though overall like i think there are much better songs really okay all right all right okay we can have different opinions it's fine and for i mean i think most muse fans and listening have probably already seen the simulation theory film but they use this song the riff like right at the proper moment because like right as they're playing it you know murph the robot is trying to basically kill matt bellamy so i was like it was so perfect it was oh amazing one of the best movie moments for me ever uh, such a great use of that riff all right number eight exopolitics okay because <laughs> we can't play the song through copyright so you're gonna have to deal with that all right <laughs> i wonder i mean do, is muse one of those bands that flags like art flags youtubers and content creators it's, like really it's, hard? no it's not it's not muse it's their label warner uh warner does yes that sucks yeah yeah i've like even if i've had I mean, videos if you played a few seconds of the song like i think you'd be fine no i've done that i've done that and immediately yeah. and it's not like oh a few days later you get flagged it's like as soon as it's no, uploaded it's right it picks then. it up i was like yeah and it blocks it in like 20 prime yeah countries. i'm just like yeah. i hope they don't they don't <laughs> bobby da, 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 da. <laughs> They're like, no, I'm sorry. They're gonna get, uh, Still. Sonic copyright uh, infringement. <laughs> oh my gosh. This is also, Exopolitics was also at, uh, as part of the Guitar Hero 3 pack, which I didn't get because I don't think they had it for Wii because I had the Wii version. So I, I don't think I had that. But it is about the inhabitants of the Zeta Reticuli star system invading Earth, or as Matt said, about the possibility of an orchestrated alien invasion created by the new world order <laughs> so again that's i mean that's not a new thing for matt talking about aliens you know that's normal matt so <laughs> anything of note in regards to this song anything that you like or again i mean it's it's another change in tone like uh, in, in narrative uh building off of uh the previous track assassins and uh i think yeah i mean it, it takes almost a little step back but it, it's cool it's yeah that little that that riff yeah like uh it drives the song forward it's super cool all right so since uh just a random question um since you are a bass player is there a certain is there a certain song here that you think has a really good bass line that you like on this album yeah or no it's all garbage yeah i mean i've played <laughs> nights uh 
I mean, actually politics has a great baseline, but um, I play a combination of the bass and synth part on Knights of Sardonia when I play bass. And it's so fun to play the synth part on the bass guitar in Knights mm. of Sidonia. So I'm giving it to that song. I'm super biased on this album for that song. Um, although not my favorite song on the album. We'll get to okay. that. Yes. But amazing that. song. I love Knights of Sidonia. <laughs> and Knights of Sidonia is one of those jump around songs. Sorry. That's, the, I think, like one of the second to last track. So... We'll get there. When yeah, we get we're there. All, yes. Yeah. <laughs> we're definitely going to talk about favorites for sure. So City of Delusion features an orchestral part written while the band resided in Italy. Uh, has a mixed folk and Eastern sound. Has acoustic guitar, bit like Mexican song with trumpets. Oh yeah, I remember when you go when they actually play the song on stage. They have somebody come out and play the trumpet part. The song was entirely acoustic at one point, but when the band started playing it together, it turned out heavier and more layered. And originally, the song had more of a Latin rhythm to it, and they didn't intend to put strings into the song, but eventually they did, and I'm very happy about it because I love anytime they have strings <laughs> on a song and the strings were recorded in italy um by mauro pagani after muse asked them to do a string arrangement on it and it has the same lyrical theme as assassin an individual prepared to commit brutal acts in order to get their views and opinions noticed by the corrupt powers that be mm. what do you think about city of delusion i would sing it but i'm not going to i don't want to ruin it so <laughs> Because you're so accurate that you get copyright infringement. No, not because of that. I don't want to ruin people's ears with my singing. But the lyrics destroy this city of delusion, break these walls down. I will avenge, justify my reasons with your blood. Ooh, yeah. This kind of sounds like, like the mindset of some, you know, like the what's it called? The, you know, those not well people that go just randomly kill people. Um, that's kind of, I feel like, I don't know, I could be wrong. That's how I'm interpreting it. It's like their mindset. I'm with you that the use of strings on this song is really great. Mm -hmm. uh, as a former orchestral like member, uh, I have a bias towards strings, but yeah, like they have such a, synthet a synthetic sound that it's cool when they bring in something a little different. So that's, I think the the takeaway from City of Delusion. Yeah, I have a bias too. I My first instrument I ever learned was violin, but at the time I didn't appreciate it. Now I wish I would have stuck with it longer because at the time I didn't really appreciate yeah, um, like classical music or anything. It wasn't until later on. And I'm like, oh, I wish I would have stuck with the violin. Now I want to buy a violin and like start learning again because then I went from violin to clarinet because I was like, Oh, orchestra's for losers. I want to be with the cool kids in band. So <laughs> then I got the then I joined band and started playing the clarinet for a few years. But I wish I would have stuck like looking back like I watch when I go see a, you know, classical music concert. I'm just like enamored <laughs> by Yeah. By that I'm like, "Oh, I wish I would have stuck playing the violin. It's so beautiful. Well, all string instruments, so it's gorgeous." Um so kids don't th it's not it's playing orchestra is cool it's not lame okay don't listen to my eight-year-old self i was wrong um classic music is awesome all right number 10 hoodoo 
It's a more quiet song consisting of Spanish-esque electric guitar and a romantic romantic piano section. And the piano bears a resemblance to the piano part in Tchaikovsky's Piano Concerto Number no. 1. I checked it out. They do sound very similar. But, I mean, Matt has a lot of those influences. It's not. It's more, it's more an homage. It's not really... It's, it's not like he's copying it or anything like that. Uh, the lyrics were voted lyrics of the decade in 2009 by readers of Q magazine. And I uh, really love uh, Matt's uh, vocals in this one. Um, it's just like so dramatic. I think that's what I think that's the best way I could describe it. Um, this song like it's just very dramatic towards the end. Um, so I don't know if you have to say anything about Hoodoo. Not one of my favorite songs on the album. Uh, and I like the drums too. Mm-hmm. I I don't yeah. have really anything against this song. I just don't think it's very special in the scope <gasps> of Muse's uh, whole discography. Yeah. All I'm right. Gonna be candid. No, that's fine. <laughs> that's fine. I don't want you to lie. <laughs> it's good. It's more. In- it's interesting when it's different but not yeah. different to be contrarian but just if that's how you really feel that's how no, you feel you know that's that's my that's good. honest review yeah it would be boring if we're like agreed on everything no so now this is your song i mean knights of sidonia Ooh, third single off the album reached number 10 on the uk singles chart it was announced as the number one song in Australia's on Australia's 2007 Triple J Hottest 100, and also ranked number 18 on the Triple J Hottest 100 of all time in 2009, was number 53 on Rhapsody's list of the top 100 t- tracks of the decade. Okay, not bad, 53. Uh, in October 2011, Enemy placed it at 44 on its list of 150 best tracks of the past 15 years. Percussion bears similarity with I Want to Break Free. It was in Guitar Hero 3. I played it. It was awesome. <laughs> um, featured in commercials for the movie 300, okay, the DVD. On June 24, 2008, it was voted uh to become the first song ever played on enemy radio because there was like an online poll and it beat out every other artist so yeah muse fans go bombard the polls (laughs) it has been used at the new yankee stadium as a pump-up song oh yeah it really pumps you up chris said that he describes this song as 40 years of rock history in six minutes (laughs) um which yeah, you can really tell. And he said, when we wrote Nights, we were listening to a lot of Mor- Morricone. I hope that I pronounced it right. And stuff like Dick Dale, surf stuff like that. Plus lots of fairly ridiculous 70s stuff too. We knew we wanted to do something different. And Dominic said that uh, he was at the back of the bus in Arizona, where I'm from, <laughs> repeating the jerky riff to death outside. We could see the desert rolling. All that went very well together. Uh, we wanted to depict an epic journey to make it sound like Joe Meek. Some of you guys know Matt, uh, Matt's father. He was in the tornadoes. Awesome kind of like surf band. Um, and so he wrote the intro with, uh, you know, uh, tor- the tornadoes in mind. Um, he said that, you know, they had, he had started listening to his band, dad's band's, uh, stuff. Oh, he also said that he wanted to, that at first the song sounded a little bit too old. So they tried to make it more contemporary by using a lot of the most obscene, ridiculous, heavy distortion pedal. He, the most, yeah, pedal he had. 
Um, and then the second part of the song was originally part of another song, but they actually just ended up keeping it in there. And uh, yeah, so what do you have to say about Knights of Sidonia? That's probably your favorite okay. one, right? Knights of it is actually no. Not oh no, no, it's not right. Yeah. Not my not my favorite song. Yeah, but we haven't gotten there yet. Uh, so Knights. I mean, first of all, that like gunslinger <laughs> intro. And in that like kind of minor key, uh, e, I think it's E minor. Um, so cool. And it's kind of almost got the, that like surfer vibe um, as well in that intro. Mm-hmm. And then it's just got this driving drum. The whole time, to- uh, the whole first half of the song. Um, and I love the uh, the journey that the lyrics take you on, and the kind of ghostly vocals and the vocal melodies. Um, one of my f- probably my favorite Muse quote of all time is from this song. Don't waste your time, or time won't waste you. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, and that's the the last line in the first half of the song. Uh, I just, I mean, forget the intro. It's it's very uh, fantastical. Come ride with me through the veins of history. Uh, I'll show you a god who falls asleep on the job. I mean, what a crazy. Uh, but true. I mean, that's how it, that's how it feels sometimes. Like God is sleeping on us. Like what is 2020? (laughs) You know, if you're religious, how do you explain this fucking weird year we're having? Right. Uh, how can we win when fools can be Kings? Uh, That's very American right now. Yeah. Uh, I guess that's the one cool thing. Cause I'm, I'm okay. Cause I'm originally from Arizona and I, it's not it's not something i'm proud of it's not something i'm not like a new yorker who always brings up that they're from new york i'm like i'm the opposite people from arizona are the opposite we will not bring up that we're from arizona um but knowing that it kind of had a part in influence like inspiring this song okay makes me feel a little bit better like we might not have knights of sidonia if it wasn't for the desert wasteland that is um arizona so okay thank you for making me feel better and then the second half of the song is where it really takes off, right? There's like this bridge in the middle uh, where it starts getting really synth heavy, which is synth bass. And that's the part that I like playing. It's a tapping part on the electric bass and it's so fun. And then the lyrics over that, uh, it's, it's very anthemic. No one's going to take me alive. Yeah, the time has come to make things right. You and I must fight for our lives. You and I must fight to survive. And it's it gets everyone pumped up. Like it's everyone, vague like we're- and relatable, and it's put over this like building. And then right before the ending, which the ending of that song is fucking crazy, right? It's the jump up and down moment of the whole album, of like their whole discography. <laughs> Fucking, that part is amazing and it just repeats yeah. the 
repeats the bridge lyrics and it's so catchy and so energetic. That song is amazing. Yeah. And, and yes, I learned it on Guitar Hero 3. I spent so much time on that my freshman year in high school. Aww. I'm sorry, college, <laughs> freshman year in college. So much Guitar Hero 3. <laughs> cool. Awesome. You've, you've, they, I guess when we were both there in Lollapalooza, I'm pretty sure they probably performed it. I mean, I've seen them they nine did. times, so I don't, I don't remember, but like ever since that song, like they don't, they always pretty much perform it because it's like, it gets everyone pumped up because of guitar hero 3 guitar hero 3 was a massive game for like you know getting artists on people's radar yeah i always wanted i i'm so because i i know like they don't, they don't make the guitar hero games anymore which i'm sad because i love them um but you know how they made an aerosmith one a metallica one yeah. I wanted them to make a Muse one because they had so much material. I was like, you could make a Muse Guitar Hero game. Like, you have enough yeah. stuff. And yeah. they never did because, oh, I would have died if it would have been amazing. That's just my, but at least they have like, you know, five or six songs that you can play. But it would have just been cool to have a whole game of Muse. I'm just saying, all right. <laughs> And now we're going to get to the Japanese bonus track. Now, I, okay, now I realize why they have Japanese albums have a bonus track. I found, I found out. So glorious. It's a beautiful song. This all is right. my favorite Muse song. All, of all Muse songs. Oh. Not just of this album, but this is my favorite Muse song. Go, so oh. go for what you were going to say. And then I'll... Oh release my excitement I love okay. so it is book ended by 33 randomly overdubbed guitars uh which eventually resolved to a b major chord to end the track and the pre-release title for it was church of the sub genius all right sadly it was only played a handful of times in 2004 and just once in 2005 but dominic revealed that he would like to perform the song live again but he has not been able to convince matt <laughs> every time he brings it up matt's like f off like i don't want to play that song and so the last time you know they had played it was in 2005 and then they played it again in 2017 so 12 years later they finally played it again and so when he was introducing the song dominic said that he had been trying to convince matt to play it for a long time so they finally played it again 2017 i remember the first time i heard it i was just like what is this glorious song that's pretty much how i felt i was like this song is freaking beautiful and glorious and i was obsessed with it and i listened to it on repeat as well um and it was included on the japanese version of black holes and revelations as an extra incentive to buy because apparently japanese albums are more expensive so i never knew that i was always like why do japanese albums always have awesome bonus tracks and that is why because they are more expensive so they have to add something to get people to buy them so now we know learn something new every day i didn't know that all right so talk about it <laughs> okay so what'd you say 33 guitars yeah yeah so that intro is really weird and dissonant and you don't know where it's going melodically it seems like all these ideas that come together that um you don't know where it's going it's it's very scatterbrained and then it comes into the when the piano comes in 
And then the guitar, when the guitar comes in, this is where I was like, okay, this song is fucking awesome. First of all, melodically, it's very much like how I write. So that... Um, super cool, very pop punk uh, riff, and then the lyrics are for a me, little cheesy. Sort of, yeah, they're they're kind of for me whatever. Um, and but that guitar line is what makes it my favorite song. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a it's a great vocal like display in terms of like prowess for Bellamy as well yeah yeah definitely it, I don't I didn't like fall in love with it because of the lyrics and it's more uh, I think of the lyrics are a little bit cheesy and that's my opinion but I think the song is just so beautiful I'm like I don't even care what they're saying they could be cussing I don't know like, it's just such a beautiful song I think now we know I was gonna ask you at the end what was your favorite song of the albums but now yeah, so it's, it's glorious, glorious. Uh, <laughs> because that guitar line hits home so much for me and it's such a simple one mm-hmm. like that's how you would play it on guitar two one two four two one dance 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 it's like three consecutive notes in a scale. That's it. So simple, but so great. Yeah. So it doesn't have to be complicated to be a great song. Some people right. think the more complicated, the better a song is. And that's not always true. Right. Being complicated can be cool. It can, you know, can show off. <laughs> doesn't necessarily mean the song is better. Um, all right. So is there any song that was i don't know if you remember which ones were singles but if is there any song that was not a single that you wish would have been a single i don't think people i don't think enough people (laughs) yeah know about that song at all because it was released as a bonus track so maybe glorious you would pick yeah for Mm -hmm. sure (laughs) okay (laughs) like most people who like who i've met who like kind of know muse have no idea what that song is just yeah. Because it was track. Yeah. I always find that for some, I don't know, in my opinion, I feel like what, like when I go, uh, when I listen to bands B sides, I always seem to like, like B sides bonus tracks better. I don't know why. Like maybe because a lot of times they tend to be very different from like the majority of the stuff that most people hear and it's like oh wow this is different so i kind of like it and i'm always like why don't they release this as a single why wasn't this on the album this is so good and i find that with you know i feel like that with muse as well and just most bands and i was telling my friend that i wanted to start a radio station called b-side radio where i play all (laughs) b-sides because i feel like there's so many b-sides that are just of so many bands that i think are really good and i would just love to have a station where i just play them just discover new music that you've never heard from bands that you like. I think that would be amazing. Yeah. Don't steal my idea, people. I will sue you. B-Side Radio. Unless it's already uh, exists. It, it already exists. Okay. But that's my idea. I'm just saying. Uh, <laughs> okay. So I guess if I had to say which one I would want to be a single, 
mine would be like very they sound very different so mine would be assassin which is like crazy chaos and then soldier's poem which is like more nice <laughs> and the reason i picked this because they're very like because i feel like if somebody heard assassin on the radio they'd be like what the frick is this <laughs> it would like wake them up um and you know i think it would be a good introduction for people that maybe or the ones that maybe have only heard like supermassive black hole and they think it's lame i'd be they'd be like oh wow this is the same band this is muse they're freaking rocking out and going crazy wow um but then i think it would be cool for them to hear soldier's poem because it's like more mellow and i just like the message like uh, you know what it's about about soldiers and i feel like a veteran would maybe really appreciate that song so i wish those would have been singles all right so we're finished the journey <laughs> of black holes and revelations so is there anything else you want to say about the album or muse in general I think Matt Bellamy is a genius, uh, just musically. Um, yes. Obviously, all three of them are really good. Um, my favorite new song to play on bass is Hysteria. I've played a bunch of them live. Uh, mm, really? Yeah, I sang. Um, what is it? Uh, I mean, I've sang Hysteria. Just... I've sang. You need to show um, these videos. Cydonia. I've sang. Um, <laughs> not take about um what about time is running now time i've sang time is running out <gasps> it was so funny because he goes up he goes up so high uh at the end of each verse you know he goes into this falsetto scream <laughs> that was an interesting one to prepare for um i, I think i think that song is so sexy because i was in a facebook i'm in a muse facebook group obviously <laughs> somebody somebody there asked like what's your what's the what's the what's the sexiest muse song and i said time is running now i was like for some reason that song is like so sexy to me <laughs> and then somebody else was like oh it's probably the bass line i was like oh yeah i think so <laughs> it's probably it so i don't know if you think i'm crazy but no it is the bass line <laughs> I'm just like, I'm just like, okay. It's like getting hot over here. <laughs> and then Matt singing too. Mm-hmm. Matt's tr- that's the first song. That's the first Muse song I ever heard. Was time was running out, and I was a changed woman. I became a woman. <laughs> After that song, I was a woman. I'm just kidding. But that was a f- the great first song. Uh, so I was very lucky that that was my first Muse song. And not Supermassive Black Hole. I mean, it's fine. But I think they're, they have way more like better songs than Supermassive Black Hole. So the people that only know that one, I'm just like... I agree. There's so many like better songs. Like, <laughs> please listen to more. Like That's not the best i'm just saying do you have any of these muse videos up in case anyone listening wants to look at you perform (laughs) yeah they're on my facebook which is a i believe i believe that the posts that i put of myself performing are public videos though Mm -hmm. my profile is mostly private oh Um, okay so oh so you have them on like from chicago performed it if you look up marco and the polos uh marco and the polos at Q Bar in Illinois.
Yeah, that was my band from Chicago. We don't have an Instagram or anything. That's how old we are. Uh, now, yeah, we played that a few times. Uh, okay. Anyway, yeah, that's that's it. Um, thank you for having me on this podcast. Uh, I thank love you for album. coming on. Um, and yeah, music. We appreciate you. Show. That was yeah. I, I walked on, and uh, when I walked in, Hysteria was playing. I was like, oh, yes, because yes. that's my favorite song to play on bass by that. I mean, Jesus. Yeah. So mm-hmm. good. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, uh, if you want to, anyone listening, if you want to follow Aaron on Instagram, do you want, is it okay? Do you want them to, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> to share your Instagram? Aaron Palmer. Everyone follow me. T H E A A R O M P A L M E R. And then comment on his post to, <laughs> to, to up update and post new videos of him performing muse songs just saying don't tell him i told you <laughs> just oh, do it nice. <laughs> all right thank you so much for coming and maybe we'll see you again sometime soon or on maybe on another podcast three. yeah <laughs> all right bye all right take care all right so that is it for another episode of the muse cast podcast thanks again to Aaron for coming on. You can follow the podcast on Instagram at MuseCastPod. Uh, you can follow my personal Instagram at Girl and Her Sheba Dog. My other podcast is called Quarantine Happy Hour. Aaron was on the third episode or second, I don't know, third, <laughs> I think the third episode of that one. I also, in case you didn't know, I actually do stand-up comedy. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I know I'm hilarious, right? No, I'm just kidding. Um, so I do stand-up comedy. Uh, and if you want to see me do comedy, obviously, it's pretty easy now because we're doing a lot of shows on Zoom because we cannot perform in person. So if you want to see if I can make you laugh, uh, a lot of the shows are free. Uh, you can go to my website anaitlucia.com uh show notes in the it's going to be in the show notes and video description and i will list the shows that i'm going to be on in case you want to check me out and see if i can make you laugh i'm actually writing some muse jokes as well so i want to do a whole show on (laughs) stand-up comedy show on just muse and you know it's all out of love but a lot of them the jokes are going to be mostly jokes that only muse fans will understand so hopefully you know you you want to follow you want to follow you know maybe sign up to get updates from the website so then when i perform my muse show you can be there because i would love to have muse fans at the muse comedy show because you guys are going to be the only ones who get the jokes (laughs) so hopefully i'll see you there and hopefully i'll see you at my other shows anyway thank you so much for listening and again if you if any other Muse album is your favorite, that's not Black Holes and Revelations on Origin of Symmetry, fill out the forum so hopefully you can come on. And if you have a Muse cover you would like me to feature in a future episode, please let me know and uh, through DM or email, which is also in the video description and show notes. All right, taking up too much time. See you guys later on the next MuseCast podcast. Bye.